It's been a couple days since the Louisville Cardinals lost in the Governor's Cup to the Kentucky Wildcats in the regular season finale. It's time to talk about what went wrong specifically in the second half against the Wildcats, how you bounce back, and more. So with that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On College for $20 off of your first purchase. As always, I want to take this time to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the Locked On Global Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. So it's been about probably a day and a half-ish since Louisville lost to Kentucky in the Governor's Cup, 38-31. to Extremely tough loss, right? Um, I've had a little bit of time to sort of let my emotions trickle down a little bit to where I can think a little bit more logically and analytically. And that's what I want to talk about on today's episode of the show is start to look at what exactly went wrong in the second half against the Wildcats. Um, And then we'll answer how you bounce back because the season is not over yet. You now turn towards your first ever conference championship as a member of the ACC. And then to conclude the show, we will dive into a Monday mailbag segment. So first off, I want to thank Everyone that hopped into the live on YouTube, uh, the live reaction episode that I uh, published on Saturday uh, around a couple hours after the game. I appreciate everyone for joining in that chat, uh, leaving some comments, leaving some questions, giving me their thoughts, etc. It definitely is appreciated. I had a ton of fun considering the circumstances. I had a ton of fun conducting the live, not a ton of fun talking about uh, the uh, discussion we were having on the YouTube live, but nonetheless, that is something that I continually hope to do following games. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, it's still stings. I think that I'm able to think a little bit more clearly and that the sky isn't falling like how I was feeling on Saturday afternoon where, um, it felt like all of the momentum of the program was just gone. It seemed like there was a, a severe dark cloud over the season because of the loss to Kentucky. Now, I'm not going to sit on here and say that um, losing to Kentucky isn't that significant because obviously it is. It's a rivalry game. You come to Louisville to beat Kentucky. That's one of the things that you prioritize. Um, but I, I will say that as hurtful as this loss was, We mentioned the terms silver lining in the bigger picture on Saturday's episode, and I wanted to take this time to sort of reiterate that, is that the loss to Kentucky sucks. But two things can be true at one time. The loss can suck. It can be heartbreaking. It can be one of the toughest losses as a Louisville fan that you've endured to Kentucky since you've been a fan. But also, it doesn't have to wipe away what the Cardinals have done this season Obviously, the team has exceeded expectations up until this point. They are 10-2 and with the ACC championship coming up. If you were to ask Louisville fans before the season even started, if you were to ask me specifically and multiple Louisville fans, let's say take 10 fans. If you gave them the opportunity saying that, okay, Louisville's going to go 10-2, and 
but they're going to lose to Pittsburgh. They're going to lose to Kentucky, but they're going to make the ACC championship game against Florida State with a real opportunity to go to a New Year's Six Bowl under Jeff Brom in his first year. You know how many people of those 10 would say, hell yeah, sign me up? At least nine. And there's probably going to be one out of every 10 that says, no, I want to take my chances at going 12-0 and 0, or, you know, something along those lines. But the vast majority would say that, yeah, I'd rather go 10-2 and two and beat Kentucky. Now, granted, is Kentucky a better team than Louisville? Well, they beat the Cardinals. I mean, it's hard to argue against a win and a loss. Granted, Louisville defeated themselves in a lot of aspects of this game on Saturday. But, I mean, you have to think the bigger picture here. But that's all that I'm going to do about ranting. Second half. That's where this thing got out of hand. First half, it was sort of pedestrian from both teams. It was a 10-7 halftime lead for the Cardinals. Louisville opened up the game with a very good first half drive, and they ended up kicking a field goal to hold the lead 10-7, never gave the lead up uh, until the second half. The Cardinals then started the third quarter with a very, very impressive nine-minute drive that found the end zone for this team. They went up by 10 points. It was, at that point, um, 17-7. to And you're thinking to yourself, okay, this is where the defense need to step up, or needs to step up. And I feel like this is where everything that could have gone wrong for Louisville almost ended up going wrong for Louisville because the very next play, it seemed like Louisville, the, the main thing that I want to get across, the main focus the main theme was that Louisville kept regaining momentum but was never able to hold on to it and every time the Cardinals did something Kentucky always had a response that big drive uh, to start the second half nine minutes Kentucky's offense has been off the field for quite some time the Wildcats answer with a um, kickoff return for a touchdown Barry on Brown a very electric player and he made the Cardinals pay. I don't necessarily know if this was a weather thing to where the wind was maybe um, not allowing the kicking team to kick it into the back of the end zone or if this was a planned thing. But I really find it hard to believe that the goal was to kick it to Barry on Brown and let him take it out. But he ended up finding the end zone. Louisville then had to regain the momentum in which they did. They did regain the momentum on a Five-play, 51-yard drive, um, a huge um, takeoff or kickoff return. They got the ball at the 49. Isaac Garendo had a couple of big-time plays, and Joey Gatewood caught a touchdown on third and seven to go up 24-14. to 14. And the same thing was on the table. Okay, if your defense can get a stop, you're, real in a, you're really in a situation where you could be in the driver's seat of this game. And what ended up happening? Well, Two plays later, and Kentucky is down by three. A wide-open pass to Isaiah Cummings down the sideline. No one defended him from the beginning of the route. And then Ray Davis had a very impressive touchdown catch uh, towards the back of the end zone on the very next play. So you're talking about two offensive plays in which Kentucky gets 14 points just like that, right? Um, the Cardinals were up by 10 with two minutes to go in the third quarter. and about a minute into the fourth, Kentucky had the ball to go down and take the lead after a Louisville fumble. Now, the issue with continually switching momentum is that when you blink, 
bad things can happen. And unfortunately, Louisville blinked first. Jawar Jordan had the fumble. Um, Louisville was driving to where it made it that much worse. You know, the Cardinals were doing what really whatever they wanted on offense. They were setting the tone at the line of scrimmage, and they were starting to run the ball effectively. Jawar Jordan seemingly tried to get some extra yards. Kentucky defender made a good play, knocked the ball out. The Wildcats got the ball around midfield. Now, I will say Louisville did a good job at that point of holding Kentucky to a field goal. So at that point, uh, actually, no. That was when, yeah, yeah, it was the field goal. I apologize. I'm, I looked at the wrong thing. They got the field goal. Louisville's defense bent but did not break, and they allowed Kentucky to tie the game, but it could have been worse. Now, the next drive, Jack Plummer had sort of an unforced fumble, and unfortunately, it was deep into Louisville territory in which Kentucky started the ball just outside of the red zone and scored in two plays. Ray Davis had a 20-yard catch and run that put Kentucky up. Louisville then went down the field, wasn't able to get one yard in two plays, gave Kentucky the ball back, followed by an interception. That's where you know the momentum turned. The Cardinals went down, and they scored a touchdown clutch fourth down pass to Amari Huggins-Bruce in the end zone. And then the um, storyline was giving up the big plays. They gave up too many big plays defensively in the second half. Ray Davis had a big-time run. There was the uh, Barry on Brown catch uh, far down the field for 23 yards. Ray Davis had a 15-yard run on first down, and Louisville wasn't able to overcome that. So the second half, to make matters short, to kind of condense it, was um, a perfect storm of hurting yourself. It was a perfect storm of self-inflicted wounds. It was a perfect storm of turning the ball over twice in key opportune spots not extending drives when you needed to, like the turnover on downs, um, and also giving up big plays. The special returns kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, the two-play drive that spanned 75 yards that gave Kentucky another touchdown and then the final touchdown of the game. So it's become sort of a talking point is this secondary giving up big plays, this defense as a whole giving up big plays. Um, but – you can't dwell on this loss too long because you have to now turn around and focus on a huge opportunity against Florida State. So the question is, how do you bounce back? And we're going to talk about that here uh, momentarily after we talk about our friends over at Game Time. Um, look, getting tickets shouldn't be as difficult as it is. If you're looking to go down to Charlotte, you need to utilize game time. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, theater, and more. With last-minute deals, all-in prices, view from your seat, and their best price guarantee, it is a no-brainer as to why you should use game time. You can see the view from your seat. There's all-in prices that show you the total up front. And my favorite, the game time guarantee. So what that does is it means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on college for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account, redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. 
Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national recruiting shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. I don't want to dwell too much on this game against Kentucky. It's obviously important that we discuss what went wrong. We do our due diligence in looking at things analytically, and we talk about how this team can improve. Um, But let's make no mistake about it. There is a ton of opportunity to gain momentum back and end this season on on an extremely positive note. Because you now, for the first time in program history, will partake in the ACC championship game against an undefeated Florida State team at 12-0. Granted, they are without Jordan Travis, but they still have a solid quarterback. This is a team with national title, at the very least, college football playoff aspirations. And a win over Louisville would probably, I'd say, all but guarantee them a spot unless Alabama defeats Georgia. And then there's a whole different conversation to be had, but that is a discussion for a different day. Um The question here is how do you bounce back after losing such an emotional game against a rival to where you were favored in the game um, and it was a back-and-forth game? At the end of the day, it was your mistakes that proved to be too costly to overcome. It really begs the question is how is this team going to now react because a loss like this can definitely deflate a season. Now, I said the same thing against Pittsburgh. An embarrassing loss against a team that you had no reason losing to. How are you going to respond? Sure, you had an off week, and maybe that isn't necessarily a good thing because the loss maybe stays in your mind a little longer, but you get a little bit more time to prepare for Duke, and um, they obviously did very good against Duke. They shut out the Blue Devils, and then they played well against Virginia Tech. But this loss against Kentucky... I think is more so a product of how this team has played through the past three weeks. They haven't played well again. They didn't really play well against Virginia. Miami took them down to the wire and Kentucky did the same thing, but ended up beating them. So this really isn't a matter of Louisville had been playing really well and then had a bad game and then it's time to bounce back. This is Louisville has been sort of barely getting by opponents and ultimately it burned them in the final game of the season. So I don't necessarily think it's a matter of bouncing back mentally enough because I think that there is some improvement that needs to be had, some changes that need to happen for this team, potentially schematically, potentially uh, personnel-wise, in the defense to make sure that um, you know the secondary plays a little bit better. Um, this is a team that has uh, given up a ton of yards in the past three games overall. And... I won't necessarily blame this all on the defense because I think all three phases of the game, um, offense, defense, and special teams, has been lacking um, here and there. Now, granted, offense has put up over 30 points in each of the past three games, but there still are areas in which this unit specifically can definitely improve. So, um, you know, that's something I'm looking forward to is how do you bounce back? It's more so not a question of getting back there mentally. Although that is a main thing that you have to also acknowledge is that this team does have to mentally get ready saying, okay, you know what? We lost to Kentucky. 
instead of sulking, instead of pouting, let's get mad and now channel our energy in a positive way towards Florida State, and let's try to make a statement. Um, is it possible that they were overlooking Kentucky for the ACC championship game? Very, very possible. I'm not sure if they did or not. Uh, I've heard from multiple people, not necessarily in the program, but from the fan base, that said, hey, look, this team just overlooked Kentucky. I'm like, that's not really that good to admit. Um, I hope that that's really not the case, although I suppose with all things on the table that it could be. Um, but you now have to get back to a spot mentally to where you focus in, you accept the loss, you learn from it, and you get laser focused. Um, also, you have to start to implement some changes. Defensively speaking, like I said, if the pass rush hasn't been getting home, the secondary is extremely vulnerable. And you're going up against an offense now that um, maybe it's a backup quarterback, but this is the best wide receiving core that you will go up against all season. Keon Coleman is going to be a first-round pick in April. It's going to happen. Johnny Wilson is over six foot six and had a field day against the Cardinals last year with that backup quarterback that is going to be starting for the Seminoles on Saturday down in Charlotte. So you have to make some changes, and you have to make them pretty quick because this is a Florida State team that um, sort of plays like Kentucky. It seems like they try to establish their offense on the ground and play the passing game off of that, and there's a lot of big play um, opportunities with those big-time wide receivers that they have. And they have a, a great tight end as well, Jaheim Bell, um, who is very, very versatile. So that's the main thing for me that we focus on now is – okay, what needs to be changed? Is it going to be something that is a matter of, um, is it going to be a matter of, you know, switching things up schematically? Do you look to give different looks personnel-wise? But it seems like you can't run out there the way you did the past three weeks because that's sort of like insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So I don't pretend like I know what the answers are. I'm just obviously having this discussion because Brom has said in his press conference against UK that, hey, look, our defense has not been good the past three weeks. It hasn't played good enough um, up until this point in the season uh, from the past three weeks. So it's going to be on Brom. It's going to be on Ron English. It's going to be on Mark Hagan. It's going to be on Mark Ivy to really devise a game plan now that's going to maximize our personnel and put us in a good spot against Florida State. Offensively speaking, I, I mean, I think that the offense has to do a good job of creating better holes at the line of scrimmage. Not having Jawar Jordan fully healthy obviously hurts, although Isaac Garendo is playing well. I'd like to see Garendo receive more opportunities. Um, receivers, uh, tight ends, running backs have to do a better job of not dropping passes. I think that Jack Plummer has to do a better job of uh, making the reads quicker and being um, not necessarily, um, I, I won't say being risky, but or being cautious, but making sure that you're able to keep the defense honest by throwing the ball down the field. And some of that may be on coaching to devise a better game plan. So I think that honestly, when you ask, how do you bounce back? It's not so much just mentally. It's, Hey, look, how is this whole team now going to bounce back and focus on potentially one of the most important games in program history? So that's going to be something that I'm looking forward to seeing what happens on Saturday. Um, 
To conclude this show, however, there's a lot of questions in this week's edition of the Mailbag. It is a Monday, so let's dive into a Monday Mailbag segment of the show. We'll do that here momentarily after we talk about our friends over at FanDuel. As the weather as the weather gets colder, unfortunately, the NFL offer stays hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. It's my go-to sports betting app. My favorite to bet is the same game parlays. That's how you make the money. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Okay, so we got a couple of really solid questions in this mailbag um, that I want to address. The first one, actually, it seems like all these came in in the past 48 hours. The first one is pertaining to the football game. Um, Do you feel as if this was more so Louisville not being prepared or maybe an execution issue? Okay, I see see the question now. I don't necessarily – think they came in unprepared they came out and they didn't give up the lead until the fourth quarter so I don't necessarily think it was a a case of unpreparedness I think it was just a matter of execution you turned the ball over two times in in inopportune spots you gave up big plays you gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown I think that this is more so in the name of execution as as much as it is preparation I don't think it was much of a preparation issue with the offense being the way it is, um, do you feel as if we're going to see the playbook opening up more against Florida State, or are we sort of in a spot to where we get what we get? I think we know what Will was going to try to do. I think that they're going to try to set the tone at the line of scrimmage running the football. Maybe there's a little bit more play action um, due to Florida State's very solid front seven. Now, Florida State does have a very good pass rush led by potential first-rounder Jared Verse, who the Cardinals played against last year, but he opted to come back to Florida State for another season. Um, I mean, I think that I don't necessarily think the play calling has been too awful bad. It's a matter of just executing the play calling. The offensive line has to be better at creating holes and protecting the quarterback. Uh, Skill position players have to be better of not dropping passes. And um, the quarterback has to be better of making the throws. So I think it's an everything problem. Um, But I don't necessarily think that we're going to see too much groundbreaking alteration in what Louisville wants to do offensively. So. Moving on to basketball, the Cardinals defeated New Mexico State in overtime. It seemed like all the momentum from the um, New York Classic was gone. What are your thoughts on this performance from Louisville? I mean, it didn't look like the same team that we saw back in um, back in New York. Now, granted, this team won by six in overtime. They trailed for much of the game, and they shot 49 free throws compared to New Mexico State's 17. So take that as you will. Um, I'm still struggling to see what the offensive and defensive identity of this team is. And until I sort of see that, it's really hard to to truly have much of a takeaway because a win is a win. You are three and three. You have shown improvement versus last year. But is there a question between improvement? But is there a, is there a question between how much improvement that you're wanting to see? Because this New Mexico State team is missing one of their top key players, um, really, really struggled coming into this game. And the Louisville trailed, and if it wasn't for a late second-half comeback in New Mexico State missing two free throws at the end, well, 
Louisville would be on the wrong end of this. And I know that a win is a win and you celebrate that, but it still begs the question is, okay, what, what, what exactly is going on? Right. Um, now granted, we're going to learn a lot more about this team, um, in the next month because you have Bellarmine on Wednesday, you have Virginia tech on Saturday and the schedule truly doesn't get much easier. So we're going to learn and we're going to see if Louisville can get back to that level that they played against, against Texas and Indiana. So hopefully they can. Moving right on along, um, Louisville women's basketball team um, had some struggling moments in the uh, classic that they played against, but they ended up going two and one. Um, it was the Betty Chancellor Classic, um, just for reference, so you all know they played that in Katy, Texas, right outside of Houston. Uh, Louisville did go two and three in that um, classic. They lost to Alabama by five. Alabama. Um, up until this point is seven and one. They actually lost to Gonzaga. The question is, am I concerned? No, this is a whole new team, whole new players. They had to replace their top, what, six of their top seven scores. And um, I, I think that this is a Louisville team that is going to continually learn about each other, um, get to play with each other, um, you know, and I think that they're going to continue to play better and better. I'm not worried about Jeff Walls' team. I think that, you know, his team plays its best ball at the end of the season. And I look for this team to just continually get better throughout the season. I think that these were pretty solid tests. They now turn to Wednesday uh, where they will have their toughest test of the season uh, up until this point as they go on the road to take on um, an Ole Miss team that's ranked, a team that they beat in the Sweet 16 last year. Um, Ole Miss only has one loss on the year and it came to Oklahoma in the second game. So going to be a very solid uh, game to focus on, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. But um, that's going to wrap up this mailbag. Uh, going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Obviously going to be some interesting content. We're going to talk about the Florida State matchup moving forward, um, potentially transfer portal talk, and more. Louisville did get a 2025 commitment in the form of uh, quarterback Mason Mims. Uh, when Grant Mulligan joins the show, we'll talk about what Mims brings to the table. Um, we'll talk about the scouting of his skill set, et cetera. But that's going to wrap up this episode of the show. Everyone have a great day. Have a great start to your week. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.